0: This is My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on v the sports betting network.
1: Hello, hello, and welcome into My Guys in the Desert. I'm Stormy Bonantoni, live from our v studio, coming to you at a circus sportsbook. It's a slow news day. I don't know if we'll have anything to talk about today. Psych! So much to break down. What an exciting morning, early afternoon it's been. And we have a great guest lineup as well. Danielle Alvari of the LA CityCast is going to join us in just a couple minutes. We'll also have Tim Murray to talk through all the conference basketball slate. Johnny Avello of DraftKings will take us behind the corner cor- uh, counter rather, because we've got some important futures odds that have shifted. We need to take a look at And you're like, Stormy, what futures odds could be shifting on a random Tuesday? Well, it's not just any random Tuesday as we start the show like we always do with our top five stories you need to know. And let's start in the NFL. The biggest news of the day, the Denver Broncos, for the first time in a long time, will have themselves a franchise quarterback. The news coming out today that they have acquired Seattle Seahawks star quarterback Russell Wilson, and what a haul this will be. The Broncos get Wilson in a fourth-round pick, but Seattle in return, two first-rounders, two second-rounders, as well as a fifth-round pick, and quarterback Drew Locke, tight end Noah Fant, and defensive lineman Shelby Harris. Wilson coming off his first losing season since being drafted to the Seahawks, also dealt with injury, missed time as a part of this year's decline, but in those 10 seasons overall, a nine-time Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champion, and with this news, Denver has since skyrocketed up those futures odds that I'm talking about here for next year's Super Bowl from 25 to 1 now sitting all the way at fifth on the board at 12 to 1 up to plus 750 in the AFC and in the stacked AFC West from plus 500 adjusted now to plus 250 Wilson's MVP odds also shortened to 13 to 1 now this deal ended up being the second domino to fall in the quarterback market today as it came out that quarterback Aaron Rodgers will ultimately remain with the Green Bay Packers initial reports were that the four-time NFL MVP would agree to a four-year, $200 million contract extension with 153 in guaranteed money, making him the highest paid player in NFL history. But Rodgers himself taken to Twitter to, quote, clear some things up, stating, yes, he will be playing for the Packers, but the reports about him signing a contract are inaccurate, as are the supposed terms of the contract. Added, I'm very excited to be back with the arm flex emoji. Hashtag year 18. Heart. The 38 year old Rodgers was reportedly debating between retiring, staying with the team, or a potential departure to the Broncos, being one of those potential suitors, but elected to make it work. And the odds have shortened to touch on the Packers in their respective markets, but not as much in those futures uh, from plus 500 to plus 450 in the NFC and the Super Bowl, just from 9 to 1, um, from 10 to 1 rather to 9 to 1 now. And Rodgers' MVP odds remain there at plus 800. Uh, this news, of course, coming in conjunction with the franchise tender deadline this afternoon, which brings us back back to more news from Green Bay, who's not letting Devontae Adams walk in free agency, placing the tag on him. He's arguably the top wideout in football over the last five years. Leads all wide receivers in receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns. No secret, though, Adams wants to be the highest paid receiver in the league, so this is likely just a placeholder for a bigger commitment. Good to note, given all the Packers moves today, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel's Tom Silverstein said the Packers will now quote, have no choice but to trade Jordan Love. The draft pick hurt the world that began Roger's discontent likely out the door. Now, let's move forward from the NFL at college hoops. We call it madness for a reason this time of year. And boy did the Southern Conference deliver last night. The Chattanooga Mocs down to in overtime deferment in the title game inbounded the ball with just 4.3 seconds remaining, and David Jean Baptiste gets cross-court and drills the 40-footer with 0.5 seconds on the clock, giving Lamont Paris' squad an automatic bid to the big dance. It was a bad beat if you didn't get the, the one or the money line wager here. This was bet up to minus two and a half for Chattanooga, but UTC completes the three-game sweep of the Paladins, are among the longer shots now to win it all, 300-1 to in the NCAA tournament, 60-1 to Final Four. Georgia State also punched their ticket Get to the dance last night with the win over Louisiana Lafayette. Panthers an even longer shot, though. Six more of the 32 total automatic bids will be decided later today, and while the ACC won't be decided today, the action did get underway this morning. A couple score updates for you. Boston College as a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Crushed pit by 20 to start the action. 66-46 final score. They'll advance to take on the five seed in Wake Forest tomorrow. And NC State and Clemson ongoing right now. Clemson is a five-point favorite. Five and a half, rather. Currently leads NC State 21-18 with 4.30 to go in the first half. A lot more to talk about um, as we bring in our first guest of the day, Danielle Alvari, host of the LA City Cast and great content this week with all things Clippers, all things Pac 12 tournament. But I got to come to you talking football here first, Danielle, because the biggest news of the day. Russell Wilson is now in that tough AFC West division where, of course, the Chargers reside. But they're leaving where that other Los Angeles team, the Rams, that just won a Super Bowl. uh, LA doesn't have to worry about them anymore in the NFC West. Welcome. And what's your reaction to the trade?
2: I mean, exactly what you're talking about. How loaded is this AFC West? And how great is this for football fans that we're going to get to see all these great quarterbacks play each other twice in a season now? I mean... I can't believe this, but I do feel really bad for Aaron Rodgers because I feel like it's kind of overshadowed his moment as well. And I thought it was very funny that you kicked off with the Russell Wilson news over the Rodgers news.
1: Well, we never feel bad for Aaron Rodgers first and foremost, but I think that Russell Wilson is the biggest news of the day just because of the difference it makes on the team. And we talked about those odds changes that happened with Green Bay, obviously just a very subtle change, but Denver all of a sudden considered a contender. I don't know about you, though. I'm not going to rush and make that futures bet when they were 25 to one last week.
2: No, absolutely not. And even some people I know grabbed the Broncos futures thinking that maybe Aaron Rodgers was headed Mm -hmm. there. And so they still got some value there, but definitely not a future I was looking to get in terms of cap space is also pretty terrible for the Seahawks. I feel like the Broncos won this trade. If you look at these terms here, I mean, Russell Wilson was set to get 37 million in 2022. So the Seahawks save 11 million in 2022, but they take on 26 million in dead money, which is the second most dead money a team's ever incurred. That's from Brady Henderson, Seahawks reporter, so I really think that the Broncos kind of got away with a steal here. And I know that people are kind of going back and forth on this, but giving up a franchise quarterback is really tough.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest question now for Seattle, because what do you have? Like you don't have, I mean, Drew Locke's not going to be your guy. What do you have at the position in a full rebuild? And I think everybody's talking about the future potential for Denver, but not enough about what does this mean for Seattle? Because it's full rebuild and retool mode.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, if you take a look at what the Rams did with Jared Goff, even, I mean, two first round picks and a third round pick for Matthew Stafford. Meanwhile, Broncos, I mean... Shelby Harris, Noah Fant, Drew Locke, two first-round picks. I don't know. Yeah, but it is interesting because, like you said, it begs the question, what is Seattle going to do at quarterback? And there's not really a lot of talent left on the market.
1: I think that's the perfect parallel you made there, though, with Matt Stafford ultimately coming to the Rams last year. And we saw the significant impact that having a legit franchise-type quarterback at the position could do to elevate your franchise What do you think ultimately Russell Wilson will do for that offense with Denver knowing Nathaniel Hackett is the leader of that squad now?
2: Well, I know that health is definitely a concern also for me, at least with Russell Wilson. I'd like to see where he's at because I don't think we've ever seen him really get back in a rhythm, even in these last couple of seasons. So I know that a lot of this is all pending all of that information, but I do wonder what kind of Russell Wilson we're going to get here. But I do think he's stepping into a good situation and I'm interested to see actually which wide receivers on the Broncos benefit the most from him being an addition to this team uh, because he's going to be able to make an immediate impact.
1: Um, I did want to see with regards to where the Rams are right now, Seattle with Russell did upset them in both of those games this past regular season. So are you just happy to have him and have that issue out the door when it comes to the Rams?
2: Absolutely. And uh, honestly, it's having to face Pete Carroll. I think that's also the issue and it doesn't look like he's going anywhere anytime soon. So, uh, but yes, it's very nice that now at least the Seahawks are at a disadvantage for the foreseeable future.
1: The one thing I'm trying to figure out with the AFC West, because we mentioned how stacked that it is, like, how's Russell Wilson going to feel about being the third best quarterback?
2: Is he? Do you, that's how that you bad? rank him in there?
1: I think 100%. So at least yeah. based on where he's at in his career right now. You put him I would, behind Justin Herbert? I do. If you're doing a fantasy draft tomorrow, who are you picking first in that order?
2: Oh, yeah, I want Right? Because that's,
1: yeah. that's the way that I'm looking at this, at least. And I, I mean, Derek Carr is no slouch either there with the Raiders. So that's the way I look at it. Uh, one last thing on these quarterbacks, though, with regards to Aaron Rodgers staying in Green Bay, were you surprised by the decision or was this kind of what you expected?
2: No, I don't. I mean, even when he talked about, you know, he had all the gridlock last year, I wasn't really expecting him to go anywhere. I think nobody was. And then, you know, Packers fans got really upset thinking, OK, this is going to be our last season with him. But I don't know. I mean, we know about Aaron Rodgers. He's kind of that guy who always has a chip on his shoulder. Always seems like, Oh, the world is against me here. And it's obviously worked out for him in terms of being a competitor, but I definitely didn't think that he was going to be leaving Green Bay. I know that he was upset. I mean, the Jordan Love pick, there's a lot of things you could point to where the Green Bay was not helping him the way they needed to. But this investment, the amount of money that they're putting into him, allegedly because, like he <laughs> pointed out, the deal has uh, not necessarily finalized. Um, but I think that they've kind of made that step towards a big commitment, and he's already confirmed, yes, he's coming back. So that means that they must be have agreed to do some things to make him a little bit happier there. And I think that was all that was in question with Aaron Rodgers here, not whether he wanted to play for Green Bay.
1: No doubt. Well, he is a Southern California guy, Cal Golden Bear. So let's talk on the other side of this break, Pac-12. Pac-12 tournament. Get into the weeds of what people can expect with the tournament beginning at T-Mobile Arena tomorrow. Uh, But hey, remember everybody, if you want to get in shape like me but you lack a little bit of motivation, I'm not exactly the most workout-heavy person on the planet. Make five-hour energy shots part of your lifestyle. Get the energy boost you need to get fit with zero sugar and an unbeatable blend of vitamins, nutrients, and caffeine. It's the perfect pick-me-up for getting stuff done, go to 5hourenergy.com to find over 15 flavors to choose from. Grape, Tropical Burst, Cherry, Blue Raspberry, and more. There is a flavor for everyone when you get 5-Hour Energy. Again, that's 5hourenergy.com. And like I said, when we come back, we'll have more with Danielle. We'll talk through the Pac-12 Tournament. Arizona, the big favorite there, but her UCLA Bruins not too far behind at plus 160 on the odds boards. We'll look through tomorrow's slate of games as well as some NBA Lakers and Clippers talk. So stay with us right here on My Guys in the Desert. This is V the Sports Betting Network. Plenty more ahead on the show today.
0: You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni and Tony on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
1: If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from that local perspective. There are CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Washington, D.C., and of course, L.A. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts. So happy to have Danielle Alvari, host of the Los Angeles CityCast, on the program with us right now. Um, enough NFL talk. Let's move ahead forward to the Pac 12 tournament which is about to get underway tomorrow with four games on tap. I know you are a UCLA Bruin, so I'm going to hold back from asking your pick from the tournament just yet. But on tomorrow's slate, what's the game that maybe interests you the most from a betting perspective?
2: There's a couple. I mean, when I look at tomorrow's game, Stanford versus Arizona State is interesting. Arizona State's a four-point favorite here. Now, Stanford's kind of one of those annoying teams you can hang in games even with the big teams. Uh, they swept USC this season. People forget. I don't. Uh, and Stanford <laughs> actually... You know, so they're kind of a pesky way that way, but they also lost their last regular season game versus ASU, 65 to 56 was not close. Um, ASU is actually the team, too. When I had Greg Hoops Peterson and I were talking about it, he said that that would be kind of his dark horse in the Pac 12, which I thought was very interesting, wasn't even on my radar. For the Pac 12 tournament championship here. But I think ASU covers here. I'm not betting on their offense because I just don't trust it. But I do think that they'll be able to beat Stanford, even though Stanford is pesky. You know, they hang around in those games. And then the other line that was interesting was Utah versus Washington. I thought, I have not been paying close enough attention to Utah because why are they a one and a half point dog here? But then I see, oh, okay. They lost in both regular season games to Washington. And I think it's because Washington had a really tough stretch at the end of the Pac-12. And I think that I was kind of distracted by that. I thought, wow, Washington is hot garbage. But that's just because <laughs> that's how they looked when they played UCLA at Poly Pavilion. That's a really tough game. They had to play USC twice. Um, they had to play the Oregon teams. And they finished their final two regular season games beating both Oregon teams. Now, I know people don't have a lot to say about Oregon State, but they have been actually very good ATS this season. People, yes, they're not a very good team. Team, but they've been covering these really big double-digit spreads. So uh, Oregon State, Oregon tomorrow will also be interesting. I'm not going to lay 10 and a half versus Oregon State. <laughs> Danielle, Oregon just, just to jump
1: in real fast, I was all I was thinking was, speaking of hot garbage, Oregon State, Oregon. That was immediately where my mind was drawn. But go no, on. No, <laughs> it's going to be good. It's
2: the whatever. It's the, what do they call it? They don't call it the Civil War anymore because they're, like, trying to be more woke than that, obviously. A little bit more <laughs> progressive. But— yeah, Oregon State gets scrappy, right? Now, I get it. When they played Oregon, Oregon's offense just completely outpowers them. But Oregon State, because they're so bad, they kind of have nothing to lose. In these games where they've hung in it with these teams are kind of covered or only lost by a couple points. They've shot really, really well, especially from three. And they just look so loose because what are they playing for? They're literally just out there having fun. Some of their players have talked about that. So, They're kind of scrappy, and people forget they're the defending Mm. Pac-12 tournament champions, all right? They just blew through UCLA last year, and then UCLA goes on to make it to the Final Four. So Oregon State, yes, terrible record, not a very good team, but they're kind of scrappy. Um, I'd rather get an in-game number on this than 10.5, and and I'm saying on the side of Oregon State here. I'm not going to lay... 10 against Oregon State. Um, But if I can get Oregon State at something like plus 14, like you could get them versus Washington State at the end of the regular season. Mm -hmm. That was a great, great opportunity because I was like, are you kidding me? Why would you think that Oregon State can't come back and at least claw their way into making this somewhat competitive? So, yes, it is a little bit of a rivalry game here, but I think it might be interesting.
1: Yeah, those rivalry games are always a little bit more tough to judge just because of the competitiveness and hatred factor, but Oregon State, obviously, a three-win team in the regular season. What a fall from grace um, that they had a year ago. Do you think that Oregon is priced at that 15-1 to as high on the odds board as they are because they're just one of those weird teams that, for whatever reason, doesn't have that type of continued success in the regular season but can win out in a tournament format
2: Yeah, what Oregon's doing really well that the rest of the Pac-12 teams are not doing as well is shooting the ball really well, especially from three. There's not really teams that have heavy three-point shooting teams. So when Oregon's going and getting it moving that way, then, yeah, it works out for them. And, of course, they have this great coach and Dana Altman. So when you kind of pair those things together, that's Mm -hmm. the only thing they're bringing to the table. It's not defense. The only way they can win games is to just try to outscore you. Um, So they kind of fell apart at the end of the season. People have figured that out. And in the Pac-12, there's been so many good defensive teams this year that I just don't see Oregon realistically making a run for the title here, even though you're right on any given night, they could get hot.
1: All right. So Arizona, obviously the big favorite, uh, minus 120 to win the Pac-12 tournament. Your UCLA Bruins right there at plus 160, USC 10 to 1. Who do you like
2: to win it? Okay, well, go with me on this, Stormy. Go with All me right, on this. All right, I'll hear you If out. you don't want Arizona, <laughs> it's super chalky at minus 120. You get plus whatever, 175, 160, what you find on UCLA. That's a little bit better. And then you get USC sitting around, what, 10 to 1 in some spots or longer. And- you could go with USC, right? It's a little bit longer. I think it's going to be one of these top three teams, but here's the way it works out. UCLA will probably have to play USC again. I think UCLA wins that game. We just saw them play recently. UScla is kind of in that better season form. The one time they lost USC during the regular season, UCLA shot less than 30%. I don't see that happening again. Um, they've kind of gotten back on track. So I think UCLA takes out USC. And then what you have UCLA versus Arizona, who's going to take out Arizona. One of the two teams that's actually already done it before, right? Colorado and UCLA, the only teams in the Pac 12 to do that this season. Colorado did it kind of at the end. And Colorado and Arizona could face off again at the top mm-hmm. of the bracket in the quarterfinals. And you know what? Maybe Colorado does it again. I doubt it. Arizona was super mad about that and took that out on USC the next game. But if Colorado did take out Arizona, let's say, then they're going to have to face UCLA. And I think UCLA has no problem in terms of a matchup versus this Colorado team. So that is how I get to, if you want a little bit of value, I think it's UCLA plus 175, which that's not value, right? Plus 175, but it's better than minus 120.
1: It's going to be a blast of a tournament. I do know that at least. Uh, tipping off at T-Mobile Arena tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern with that Stanford-Arizona State game. Um, six conference championship titles and auto bids will be decided today, one of them being the West Coast Conference. All eyes for sure this evening on St. Mary's and Gonzaga. Who you got? Uh, Zags laying a big number yet again, and they they weren't able to cover against San Francisco yesterday.
2: Yeah, painfully aware because Will Hill and I had a crossover podcast for the City Cast on Monday's show, and he was trying to fight me a little bit on the Gonzaga 13. I wasn't a game I was going to bet because why would I want to lay that many points? But he wanted to go with USF, so I said, OK, I'll go oppo you. And it looked like it was supposed to cover all game. It was really a bad beat in my I, opinion. I laid,
1: the, I laid the number with the Zags, too, Absolutely. Danielle. I'm with you.
2: Absolutely right so kind of a bad beat there but um, you know it made sense to me still in terms of the handicap and when I look at the St. Mary's matchup St. Mary's most recently. Handed Gonzaga a loss, which, you know, of course, then people go, oh, the WCC is terrible. And look, the Zags aren't that good. That's just not what that means. St. Mary's is actually a really good team, especially on the defensive side of things. Really veteran team with a veteran coach. And so when you look at this, I was shocked to see that Gonzaga is a 13 or 12 and a half point favorite again here. I think they opened as 13 and a half. It's a neutral court. It's now down to 12 and a half. So people taking some play with St. Mary's. So maybe you missed the best of the number, but St. Mary's is going to be able to hang in this. I think this is a pretty big rivalry game as far as the WCC is concerned. Yes, Gonzaga has to kind of lock into March now, but I think we're going to see a close game. And I also think St. Mary's defense being what it is, they're going to be able to kind of keep Gonzaga a little bit on the lower scoring side. They did a great job in that game where they beat them by 10, by the way, not just barely. They beat them by 10 of kind of messing up Drew Timmy with a double team and kind of throwing him off his game, throwing Chet Holmgren off, making him have to dribble and not just catch and shoot. So I think that is Mark Few, the Zags gonna let that happen again, put themselves in a bad situation? No, they're gonna watch the tape. They're gonna learn from it. But I still think the Gales can keep this close with their defense, their ninth and def- defensive efficiency on Ken Palm. And I think that they're going to be able to keep Gonzaga under 76 and a half points. So I also have under Gonzaga's team total, which is not a fun bet at all. Who wants to bet under on this Gonzaga team, but St. Mary's has only allowed an opponent to score over 76 points one time this season. It was February 8th for Santa Clara. So this would be the second time ever if they score more than 76 points. So under for me on that.
1: St. Mary's one of the few teams all season that's been able to figure out a way to defend Chet Holmgren. So can definitely see your perspective there Uh, in the NBA tonight as we only got a couple minutes here left with you Clippers at the Warriors. Clippers have been putting some wins together lately. 5-1 straight up in their last six. Meanwhile, the Warriors struggling. Who you like? Yeah,
2: the Clippers have been good. Except what was that game versus the Knicks? I, All right.
1: I, I just, I glossed over that. I said, five and one, five one. We know. We I know. know I appreciate
2: one. it. <laughs> I appreciate it. Okay. The Clippers have really improved a lot, right? I love talking to JVT about this because he's also a Clippers fan. Um, and We've been closely monitoring their progress throughout the season, but even just since the start of February, their offense took huge steps forward. And then they acquired Norman Powell. They have him for a couple of games. It gets even crazier on the offensive side for them. The defense slips a little bit, but that's to be expected when you're adding new people in the mix. And then now, of course, Norman Powell out of the mix, but Paul George coming back, possibly, even if they don't see Kawhi come back. Is this a team that gets to the Western Conference Finals again, the way they're playing? If they have Paul George back, if they get Norman Powell back, which they could both get back before this playoff time here. The Clippers team could be dangerous. They have a seriously killer defense. The league's best defensive rating, actually, right now. So, yes, the shooting was absolute hot garbage versus the Knicks, but I don't anticipate that to continue versus the Warriors. That said, I don't want to lay five and a half with the Warriors. So this would be an in-game or a pass for me.
1: Thank you so much for the time, as always, Danielle. And I'm proud of myself. I didn't even bring up the Lakers and Russell Westbrook. Oh, I forgot he doesn't like being called that. Sorry. Thank you, Danielle. I okay. appreciate it. He's, got,
2: he's the dealing time. with his mental health. Okay. Thank you, Stormy. <laughs>
1: That's our girl, Danielle Alvari, host of the LA City Cast, presented by Bette Rivers. You can download her anytime, any place, wherever you get your podcast. When we come back, fade or follow. And we hook up with Johnny Avello, director of sportsbook operations for DraftKings, taking us behind the counter.
0: You're listening to My Guys in the Desert. With Stormy Bonantoni on v the sports betting network.
1: Welcome back, everybody. This segment of My Guys in the Desert brought to you by Zyn Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. Zyn Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 different varieties, as well as coming in two strengths. You can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zyn, America's number one nicotine pouch, available in over 100,000 locations nationwide. Visit Zinn.com find to locate a store near you. That's Z-Y-N.com F-I-N-D. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Time for a little fade or follow, looking at some of the biggest public plays on the respective slates tonight, NBA, NHL, college hoops, and if we agree or disagree with the public. So let's start in the association. Nets minus three at the Hornets. Uh, This game is in Charlotte. Charlotte. 96% of the handle 83% of bets backing Brooklyn they will have KD and Kyrie both available likely why the public's all over this but I mean Durant put up 37 against the Celtics and they still lost by six with both of them available Brooklyn's dropped four straight six their last seven games going two and five against the number in that stretch I don't know I'm not hyper confident in this especially since where the number I see on DraftKings now is four and a half I may fade and take the points with Charlotte or just avoid this game altogether both teams have struggled a ton but Charlotte's got back-to-back wins and covers for the first time in forever they Did also win the previous meeting, the lone previous meeting with the Nets this year as a nine and a half point dog. In the NHL, Lightning and Jets everybody's all over the over six goals 97% of the handle 91% of bets I've got to be honest with you I've been a little off on my NHL totals lately but this would be a follow spot for me Jets goaltender Connor Hellebuck's allowed four plus goals in four straight starts three or more in nine straight and we all know the Lightning are putting up between three and six goals per game on a nightly basis regardless of who they play and Andre Vasilevsky for as high a caliber of a goaltender we all know that he is it's been a little bit off like me betting these totals Um, but since January 27th. He's allowed two or more goals in all ten of his starts, which is included, allowing four in that 5-1 loss to the Penguins last week. So, I lean over, but again, just a lean. Take that with a grain of salt. In college, Hoops, Cal Taking on UC Davis in the Big West over in Henderson, Nevada. Uh, UC Davis, five and a half point favorites. That's now six, 79% of the handle, 73% of bets. And I get it. UC Davis, obviously the better team based on their record 12 and 10 regular season, 5 and 6 league play. Mustangs, a 7 and 20 team, just three conference wins all year. But one of those wins was to UC Davis, 82 74. Um, Cal Poly also ended the season with back-to-back wins. They're 4-0 ATS, their last four. Eileen I Fade here, maybe. UC Davis, also, by the way, looking at some of these ATS records, has not performed well in neutral site games. 1-9-1 against the number of their last 11 instances. The Aggies probably win, but give me a close game. Give me the plus six. Let's go, Cal Poly. Uh, time to go behind the book as we bring in Director of Sportsbook Operations for DraftKings, Johnny Avello, as we do every Tuesday. Johnny... Slow news day. Not a lot going on, huh?
3: Not much. Sorry. Just a (laughs) couple of major little trades in football. Uh, the conference tournaments, you know, just a little, like squarish kind of day.
1: Not much going on, but hey, let's talk about those quarterback moves and not a move that happened with Green Bay. So let's start with Aaron Rodgers first. How much was the expectation that Rodgers would stay with Green Bay already kind of built into the numbers that you guys had? Because we didn't see a ton of movement in their futures market with the confirmation that Rodgers was going to resign.
3: Yeah, it was built in because in the north we had him – a minus two dollars and we and we're at two twenty five. So we had him about a two to five favorite to stay, and now he is staying. So just a small adjustment there, uh, for the Packers.
1: Would Rodgers of MVP odds stay the same no matter where he went, you think? Because Packers obviously have been a contender three straight, thirteen and three seasons. They've been doing great. Um, but I obviously plus eight hundred, could he three Pete? Is that a number that would have stayed regardless of where he went?
3: You know, that depends where he went. It was if he was going to uh, if he was going to the Broncos, the Broncos have some good receivers, uh, you know, good offensive game running back. So, uh, you know, this what he uh, he would have probably stayed similar. Mm -hmm. He goes to another team, maybe like Pittsburgh higher. If he goes to Tampa Bay, probably lower. So. It really did depend on where he landed.
1: Okay, interesting. Well, the team that uh, the player rather, that the Denver Broncos did end up getting, not Aaron Rodgers, but Russell Wilson, and we saw significant movement with him. So how much did his addition now to Denver elevate that squad in oddsmaker's eyes?
3: So Denver went from twenty five to one to twelve to one to win a Super Bowl, twelve to one to uh, plus seven fifty to win a conference. And then five to one to uh, five to two to win a division. And then, uh, they, of course, the uh, the Hawks went the other way. They went from thirty five to seventy five, sixteen to twenty five and five fifty to seven dollars. So, um, you know, this is a great trade for both teams. I mean, Broncos get the use of Wilson for a couple of years, but. I can tell you by watching these trades in the past, you can expect the Seahawks to probably be a loaded team in a few years.
1: Yeah, no doubt. That's what they do, right? They restock and reload all these NFL teams every couple of years, start to figure it out. But with regards to the Broncos, I feel like they have been in search of a franchise quarterback for such a long time, went through 10 different guys since Peyton Manning in 2015. So this, is, do you think this is the piece that they've needed to potentially get over the hump despite the tough division that they do compete in?
3: That's a good question, Stormy. I think that Russell Wilson has something left in the tank, Mm -hmm. but his good years could be behind him. Maybe not. I mean, look at Brady. He played for 22 years or so. So, uh, you know, he's he's got something left. Maybe, you know, his uh, out is welcome in Seattle, uh, gets rejuvenated in a new state. Who knows? Maybe maybe, uh, you know, we see the old Russell Wilson uh, this season.
1: Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, definitely a really, really fun news day in the NFL with the franchise tag deadline causing some of these dominoes to fall. Let's move ahead, though, to conference tournaments because it is a very, very busy time. We know six automatic bids are going to be selected tonight. We've already had a handful done. Which tournament has been or you anticipate will be the most popular for betters?
3: Well, so far it's the ACC because they've already played a game and a half. So, uh, but no, the others that are grabbing some good action, the SEC, what a great tournament that is. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, it's from top to bottom, just a solid conference. And then the Big East, those three uh, seem to be the ones that are grabbing the most money right now.
1: Well, talk to me about the ACC. Is it all on Duke or where's the money going?
3: Uh, Duke's grabbing some. North Carolina is a long shot. Uh, It's it's spread out. Um, It's the games, though, themselves, the individual games. Mm -hmm. That's where we're we're seeing action in the games haven't even played yet.
1: Do you think that betters, I mean, maybe it's changed with all the information that's out there now, but do you think the betters have a little bit of an advantage at this point in the conference season where they're, they're betting on some of these lower known teams, lesser known mid major conferences um, versus the bookmakers that haven't been paying as much attention, or is there just so much news and information out there that it's an even playing field?
3: You know, Stormy, I always say, if you're a bookmaker, you can make a line on anything. I mean, we are familiar with some of these teams. Uh, You know, there's some, There's some teams like California Baptist and Baylor mean I mean those teams we don't book often but it doesn't take us long to get a handle on them for, you know, these conference tournaments and the big tournaments. So no, I don't think there's an edge there to the, to the players.
1: Well, let's say that, you know, one of these top teams that is a favorite to win their conference and everybody thinks they're going to win. They ultimately don't. How does that change them in your view come selection Sunday, when you guys are putting out those new lines and those respective new futures odds for the NCAA championship, how much would a loss in these conference tournaments adjust that for you?
3: Uh, You know, I I really enjoy putting up these different uh, these different teams matchups. Some matchups, you know, are uh, not very difficult to put up because they're the teams we all know of. But, uh, you know, some of these other teams playing a good team, they're a little tricky, but I I really enjoy it. I think the players enjoy betting them in the future side of it. uh, You know, those teams to win six games in this tournament, seven for some is really difficult. So. You'll see some, you know, huge prices on those.
1: How quickly, by the way, do you guys get those odds out? Because I know we've got a special on Selection Sunday that, that you guys are going to be a part of. How long, how quickly are you able to turn those out and crank it out, the numbers?
3: I think we're going try to try to crank those games out in a minute. Wow. So, uh, we, yeah, we're going to try to get those games up early and uh, – Then we're going to have some surprises. Some bettors are going to try to bet into them. So I think it's going to be a fun day.
1: Awesome. I got one more with you quickly because I know on DraftKings, you guys do have a market up for the bubble teams. Who's going to make or miss the tournament? Are you getting some love for any specific teams to either make or miss? Oh, let's
3: see. Indiana got a little bit of love to get there. They're down to plus $2. They were a little higher. Uh, Memphis uh, to get there. You could have laid a lower price. They're minus $7 now. I, and on the no side, Florida, uh, they've laid that a little bit, too. Because, I, you know, Florida's going to in – they're going to have to go deep in that SEC, and that's a tough conference to go deep into.
1: People are laying that minus 750?
3: No. They oh. were laying the- – they were laying a cheaper price than that.
1: <laughs> so hence why it is up to the minus seven fifty now. Yikes. I was looking at that number. Who is betting that? Okay. Great stuff. As always, somebody Johnny with the initials, somebody with the initials SB. <laughs> oh, that's you. Uh, yeah, that's I, I have the money to lay that bigger number. Come on, Johnny. Great stuff. As always, appreciate your time and can't wait to link up with you. Selection Sundays. You guys are cranking those numbers out.
3: Okay, Stormy soon.
1: That's Johnny Avello, Director of Sportsbook Operations for DraftKings. When we come back, you know what time it is. It's Hot Take Tuesday! Which takes are hot, which are not? And Tim Murray, host of The Nightcap here on VSIN, joins us as we continue our college basketball conference talk. Stay with us, it's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
0: see to my guys in the desert with stormy bonantoni on vsin the sports betting network
1: Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24-7 streaming, daily best bets, emails, and our tournament betting guide, which includes advice, data, and strategy, all just 19 bucks. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game in every round of the big dance. Get analysis from our experts, which includes Greg Hoops, Peterson, Matt Eumens, Jonathan Von Tobel, and Tim Murray. They've got insights on every key team, conference, and player to watch, from the favorites to the potential Cinderella. Sign up today, get the betting guide, plus full access to be. Through April 5th for just $19 again at vsin.com/slash madness. Tim Murray, by the way, will join us momentarily. But first, it is hot take Tuesday. My producer, Stephanie Tamershack, gives me some takes and I provide the content on just how hot it is. So let's start. Stephanie says, Providence will cruise through the Big East Tournament. They're plus 425 to win it. I mean, will they be competitive? It's a three horse race in the conference for sure. Villanova, Providence, and Yukon. But cruise, that's where you're losing me with the word cruise here. Um, I think there'll be a hard out, but I do not think they will cruise specifically because if they make it to the title game nine times out of ten, who are they playing? I would say Villanova, who swept them in the regular season, who feels gypped they didn't get the top seed. Jay Wright squad's the favorite. They've won four of the last six Big East tournaments. Uh, they got one of the best backcourts in the league as well. So cruise to the title Providence. What are we doing here, Steph? All right. Pick number two, she says, St. Mary's will upset Gonzaga tonight. Straight up. This is where things get interesting. St. Mary's, of course, getting the 10 point win over the Zags in the regular season finale. That plus 650, I get it, it's attractive. These teams do know each other so well. These coaches, coaching against each other for decades. I would rather bet the plus 12 and a half than the money line, that's just me. I think the Zags win this one. Sorry, they're getting their revenge from that last game and the fact that they let off the gas against San Francisco last night. What was that? I'm still bitter. Last one here, Russell Wilson should be the favorite to win the MVP this year. What kind of crack are we smoking on this network? Get out of here with this, Stephanie. You're joking. This is not a real take. Johnny Avello did say he might have a little bit left in the tank. He did move up from 25-1 to 1 to 13-1 to 1 in the odds board, but uh, that's going to be a no for me, dog. Too hot. Too, too hot. Welcome in. Tim Murray, host of the Nightcap here on v from 7 to 10 p.m. Pacific, 10 to 1 Eastern. Does great work with our guy Sean King. Also, so deep in the weeds in college basketball. It has been so fun listening to you guys. What's going on, Tim?
0: What's up? Uh, No, I was just uh, taken aback by those uh, hot takes. I was waiting for, you know, her hot take of how Bellerman should be uh, let in the NCAA tournament. This transition period is ridiculous, Stormy. Ay, ay,
1: ay, aye. I love this time of year, I gotta tell you. Just because all of these teams that most of us, we know, we aren't paying super close attention to. All of a sudden, we're like deep diving into Chattanooga and Furman last night. What a fun one that was. Before we get into hoops, because we do have a lot to talk for, I just want to get your reaction on the NFL news news of the day, Aaron Rodgers staying in Green Bay, and of course, Russell Wilson moving on from Seattle to the Denver Broncos. How'd you feel about it all?
0: Yeah, it didn't really surprise me uh, with Green Bay. Uh, It it felt like that's the way things were trending uh, as of late. I know the the report came out over the weekend that he was interested in a handful of other teams, but just made a ton of sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, uh, I, I think unlike last year where it felt like he was unhappy, this year it was kind of the embrace and, you know, they went out and got some pieces that he wanted and brought back his old quarterbacks coach which I thought was a pretty key indicator uh, a couple weeks ago. As for the Russell Wilson trade. I mean, this is, this is pretty stunning and mm-hmm. uh, well done by the Denver Broncos. I make this move. Uh, I know I've seen some people say, Oh, you gave up a lot. You can't win in the NFL without an elite quarterback. And uh, you know, that's what they got in Russell Wilson. And he's, you know, 33 years old, but, Uh, I think heading into a situation in Denver, which, you know, the AFC West is as loaded as any division out there. I mean, think about the worst quarterback in that division is Derek Carr, who's probably going to get, what, $40 million a year. So it is an absolutely loaded division, but it's what you got to do. And now Seattle's uh, in full-on rebuild mode, and you can't make their odds high enough uh, to win the division, to win the Super Bowl, to win the NFC. So, uh, you know, I I love what Denver did. Um, Your quarterback situation is not good. Uh, you're not going to go anywhere facing Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes for the next decade without an elite quarterback. And they went out and they got one. And uh, to me, the price was not too high. Mm-hmm. Drew Locke, no, off- no offense, good. couple, couple picks, but... Uh, you got to go out and get an elite quarterback. And that's what they did.
1: Yeah, that's been the thing that they've been missing since Peyton Manning left in 2015 is a franchise quarterback. So let's get back to hoops. Tim and I will be together for selection Sunday this week. But in order to get there, we got to get through all these incredible conference tournaments, some great games. And we were talking about the West Coast Championship going on tonight. Gonzaga, St. Mary's. You're involved in everything. So what's your play? <laughs>
0: uh, I actually, I don't have a play on this. No
1: way! Uh,
0: I, I have uh I have Gonzaga lumped in with a, a multi-leg uh, conference championship parlay with mm. Colgate and and uh, Bryant, so uh, we'll be sweating tonight. We need Bryant to come home first. Uh, that might be the most tenuous of the bunch. They're a three-point favorite against Wagner, but you know, I heard you know what you said about Gonzaga last night. I was very surprised. Um, you know, I got the opener for Gonzaga. I thought it was a really good spot for them against San Francisco. San Francisco essentially locked up. An ncaa tournament berth on saturday night beating byu so i was wondering you know what's their motivation they were down 20 at the break and uh, 23 with eight minutes to go and then gonzaga just fell asleep so that was a bit frustrating to see and then you look at this big number um you know i just i can't lay it i, I can't lay it mm-hmm. stormy you know saint mary's their pace has actually picked up a little bit lately they've been giving up points as you saw last night i mean santa clara had a real opportunity to win that game. That was stunning too. Uh, And uh, congrats to any Broncos backers. You got in the back door on that one, but yeah, sorry to say uh, no play for me on this one. I'm going to sit it out in the sidelines and hope uh, Gonzaga wins my, uh, my partner in crime, Sean King gave me incredible odds. He gave me Gonzaga. He got the field uh, for one of our cigar bets. So, I'm just going to sit back and uh, have my feet up and laugh in my partner's face.
1: You guys, those cigar bets crack me up night in and night out. With regards to Gonzaga, though, last night, I was like, I need them to have a 35-point lead. And like my significant other was like, Why? what are you talking about? The spread's 14. I was like, I need them to have a 30 to 34-point lead to feel comfortable about this at any point because that's what can happen. Let's turn our attention, though, to the Big East Tournament, though. Tips off tomorrow with the play-in round. All those games on FS1 from the world's most famous arena. Who do you like?
0: So we talked about this a little bit last night and uh, you know, if you dig around uh, it's not too hard to find some pretty juicy odds on a team that I have, uh, let's just say faded and not believed in the entire year. And that would be the Providence Friars. Uh, They're at plus six fifty. I played them today uh, at the Westgate Superbook here in Las Vegas. And I think, you know, the way the bracket breaks down, right? I look at the bottom half of the bracket, you've got Villanova, You've got UConn, Seton Hall is actually a higher rated team in Ken Palm than Marquette is. And they've look been at, hot okay, lately. And you look at this, Stormy, you know, the 8-9 matchup doesn't really scare me all that much. Butler's getting a little bit better, uh, but it, they should be able to take care of business there, the the Friars should. And then the 4-5 matchup, Nemhart's out for Creighton, so I think he's gone. And then you look at what Marquette has done on the road. I think they've lost their last six straight games outright, on the road, so I I feel like Providence's road to the championship I wouldn't say is easy just because it's you know the Big Ten Conference tournament, but I, I do like their path to the championship game. And then, Stormy, I mean, if we're sitting there on Saturday night with a plus six fifty in our pocket, you know, it, it gives us a lot of opportunities to to be creative of whoever comes out of the bottom half of the bracket. So, you know, to me, that's what intrigues me by Providence. Uh, and, and I'll say this. Their loss at Villanova was probably, in my opinion, their most impressive performance of the year. I was very, very impressed. I think they've had some lucky performances along the mm-hmm. way, overtime wins, etc. I thought their fight, their resilience at Villanova as a you know near double digit dog was was tremendous.
1: Big East definitely going to be one of the more fun, competitive at the top conferences uh, this week. Delaware, UNCW fighting for the Colonial title tonight as we say in my household household for the Seahawks. Can UNCW get it done or no?
0: No, the rabbit's foot is going to run out. Dang I mean, it. they should have lost on. last night. I mean, <laughs> if anyone's watched UNC Wilmington, this team is beyond lucky. I mean, they are per Ken Palm, the luckiest team in college basketball. The 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 charge epidemic that we have going on in college basketball is out of control. It's 58-57. And you know they call a charge against College of Charleston last night, and then UNC Wilmington's able to come out. You know, riddle me this, Batman. Delaware lost both times to UNC Wilmington this year, yet they're a favorite on a neutral. So you could say maybe you're you're getting a fortunate roll. Uh, the pride of Newark, Delaware, is coming home. Blue blue den. Uh, the the blue uh, blue hands are going dancing. <laughs> and uh, Martin Inglesby, Notre Dame point guard from the late '90s, is going to be cutting down some nets. Go Delaware.
1: Ah, oh, I bet UNCW money line the whole way. I feel like I can't turn now, but maybe, uh, you are wiser than me. I've just been going well, with my
0: gut. For your, <laughs> hey, look, I, I don't begrudge. I mean, sometimes you got to ride a lucky team, and that's what UNC Wilmington is. And if they cut down the nets, props to them. I'm bummed about my Towson Tigers in uh, in the great state of Maryland there. But the next best thing is the state over for my hometown. Go Delaware.
1: Okay, one word answer. Who's winning the Mountain West?
0: Oh, UNLV.
1: Ooh, I like it. I like it. I Thank know. you so much, Tim. I know. <laughs> That's our guy, Tim Murray. Check him out on the nightcap later tonight at 7 PM Pacific time right here on Beast That's a wrap for my guys in the desert, Danny Burke and Rush Hour coming up next. Enjoy all the conference tournament games. What a fun week.